0: Find a Closet Staple for every part of your day at American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order when you use Staple 20 at checkout. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com. Promo code STAPLE20. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets,
1: or McCrispy Sandwich. the reformation
2: yeah
1: the bar biblical and reformed welcome everybody to the bar it's your boy the way in the building right back in here another tuesday super excited as always be coming through your speakers through your earbuds wherever you listen to the bar we're grateful that you're listening. And I love to start the show the same way, man, by thanking the listeners. Thank you guys for listening to the bar, tuning into the bar, telling your friends and family about the bar. Man, I heard that this podcast is uh, the gateway into uh, biblical podcasting. So uh, welcome aboard. And uh, and I'm super excited to bring you. Uh, This time, two guests. Uh, One is a repeat offender, one is a brand newbie, uh, but we're definitely grateful to have both of them in the building. We have on today none other than my sister Heather. I mean, Heather, oh my gosh, I messed it up. Holly and Doug, what's going on, (laughs) y'all?
3: Hi, Dwayne, thanks for having us on. Don't worry about that. My mom always said if I had a sister, my name would be, or her name would be Heather, so... (laughs)
1: <laughs>
2: Doug, how, how's it going over your way, man? Hey, thank you, Dwayne, for having us on. Looking forward to this time together.
1: Yeah, man, this this topic is near and dear, and and I was gonna go there, Holly. You know, you know, I was gonna say I tapped into the prophetic and
0: and uh, <laughs>
1: <laughs> pull that Heather out. We, you know, we, we, that ain't how we roll. But this topic is super near and dear to me. Um, like I had you on before. I was a part of the, the new apostolic reformation, um, had the tassel of an apostle and all of that. So everybody that listens to the bar they they're very aware of uh my background and, and the great things that God has done. But you guys have released a brand new book um that we are here to promote, and 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 we're gonna have links in the show notes and all of that. So I'm gonna start with you, Holly. Uh, what was the inspiration to start this, you know, to get this book out here and and then talk how I made the connection where, where Doug come in the picture, because I didn't know about Doug. I knew about you.
3: <laughs> right. So our new book, Counterfeit Kingdom. Um. Well, let, let me back up a minute. We um right. we wrote two previous books, uh, A New Apostolic Reformation and God's Super Apostles. And those were both also about the N.A.R. We wrote those together. And But those really took a really deep dive into the theology, the theological framework of the NAR. Counterfeit Kingdom, our new book, really um, focuses on the practices of the movement. It deals with the theology as well, but we want to show where the rubber meets the road, mm. uh, where NAR is coming into music, into ministries, into churches, and, and the tactics that are being used to uh, spread it. And so it's a it's really... Uh, like I said, where the rubber meets the road. And also, since we wrote our previous books, we received so many letters, uh, notes from people from literally around the world sharing the ways the NAR has um, entered their churches and harmed their churches, their families, um, har- the individuals have been harmed by this movement. And so um, and so that was also another reason for us writing this follow up book.
1: Nice. So I, I I didn't know about the others. So, did, you know, this tells me that you guys need to send me like all three. So I'll have it <laughs> in the library. I know what's going on, but no, that's, that's super awesome, man. So Doug, um, uh, Holly gave us before when she was on the show before a little bit of her background, I'm gonna give you an opportunity to just kind of share that with us, uh, your background and, and uh, your connection and and what got you writing about this kind of stuff.
2: Yeah, sure. Thanks. Well, Holly and I have known each other for many years. Holly was a Biola student and an MA student. She did our degree in apologetics at uh, Biola University. And I've been teaching there until recently uh, for nearly 30 years in the philosophy department of the Talbot School of Theology. And so I teach uh, Christian thought, Christian philosophy, the history of philosophy, philosophy of religion, and certainly uh, different topics in Christian apologetics, a general course in apologetics, reasons to believe the things that we believe. And uh, I got to know Holly when she was a student, and also then later when she was managing editor of the Biola magazine. And periodically, I'd get a phone call from Holly asking questions uh, for interviews or for topics that uh, the magazine was addressing. And it was through the magazine and her work for the magazine that Holly actually learned about NAR, the New Apostolic Reformation. It was sometime later when I learned about it from her after she'd done a quite a bit of spade work, her own research and shared with me her concerns and her concerns became my concerns.
1: Wow. That's amazing. Uh, I love that. The, 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 you know, the connection, you know, prior to, and, and, and how God brought this full circle. So let's dive into, you know, uh, Holly, you mentioned how the rubber meets the road and and how this is more of a, of on the practical side. Uh, let's dive into that a little bit, um, just for the listeners that are co- contemplating co- buying this book, like what, what are some of the things that you guys cover? What, what's some of that rubber meets the road, as you mentioned?
3: Yeah, so it sounds like your listeners are well versed in NAR but but for those who may not be, you know, this is a movement that is claiming that authoritative apostles and prophets are being restored to the church that everyone's supposed to submit to their authority, receive their new revelations so that all every Christian can learn to develop miraculous powers and, and like speaking in tongues, prophesying, healing the sick, raising the dead, and bring God's kingdom to earth uh, through those powers. And, um, so in this book though, we talk about, um, specifically, uh, we talk a lot about the music. We have an entire chapter about, Nar music, including Bethel music, music from Jesus culture, which came out of Bethel church, uh, uh, music from the international house of prayer in Kansas city, Missouri. That's their forerunner music label. And we talk about, um, the ways that the music is, is really a Trojan horse Mm -hmm. for the Nar movement because virtually, you know, every church in America is using this music. And a lot of people will say, well, you know, it's okay to use the music as long as, um, you know, the lyrics are are sound, generally sound. What's the problem with using the music? The problem is many, many people are being drawn into the NAR through the music. And they've told us that, that that was the initial hook. Mm -hmm. And and the other thing people don't know is a lot of the theology is actually laced through the lyrics of the music. But people who haven't been part of NAR or haven't researched it closely, won't recognize the buzzwords that, you know, the theology that is being uh, laced through the lyrics. And so so that's one thing that we really focus a lot on is the music. But we also talk about new age type practices that are entering the church uh, through NAR. Um, people might be surprised to know that the leaders of the NAR have actually said that uh, new agers sold these practices from Christians and that Christians need to redeem and reclaim these practices for the church. And so their prophetic activation exercises exercises, which we talk about in the book, look a lot more like maybe like how a psychic would, um, you know, do their, their, um, make their psychic predictions and and their, the way they practice prophecy has a lot more and similar with like psychics or even cold readers. Um, and we talk about those similarities, Um, we talk about revival events, our revival events, and how really it's counterfeit revival, and um, how how the revival events really focus on things like having encounters with angels, and um, uh, or they do things like fire tunnels where people run through you know a yeah. tunnel where people raise their hand, form two lines, raise their hands, yeah. others run through the tunnel and supposedly have these deep encounters with the Holy Spirit, things like this. So um, there there's a lot more. <laughs>
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, 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 it's a lot. <laughs> it is. So, so, uh, Doug, man, talk about, cause you, you know, you, you learned about this. W- what are some of the things being a, you know, a professor, apologist, uh, what are some of the things that just in this, this whole project that's, you know, you know, culture off guard shocked you couldn't imagine this is even going on And did any of that make it to the book this time?
2: (laughs) Yeah, well, that's a good way to put it, because as I've told Holly recently, even uh, after all these years of studying, researching the movement and reading about it, seeing what um, prophets and apostles within the movement say for themselves, Mm -hmm. it's still shocking to me to Mm -hmm. read their words, to hear what they say. Uh, I just it it does still surprise me at times that uh, these things are really believed by people and taught by people. And uh, there's this huge. Huge expectation of signs and wonders as a manifestation of the Spirit of God and miracles and prophecies and so forth. And yet, in so many cases, these things are not meeting expectations. People are being taught to expect miracles, healings on a regular basis, and dramatic miracles, miracles that outstrip even the miracles that Jesus himself did, they will say. Mm. And yet these things are not happening, certainly not on the scale that's being predicted. And then all the the prophecies that they've, uh, they've made, some of them very specific about the future that have not come to pass, and yet people continue to believe these things. So it's it's astonishing to me uh, to to just be reminded each time I read something by them that they really do b- believe these things. They promote them. And other people uh, just are not dissuaded as, as they should be. I think when they apply the appropriate test for evidence for uh, their accuracy, their veridicality. Right.
1: Wow. Yeah, that, that's a really huge point. Um, and actually, part of my turning point was, you know, tired of seeing, you know, or hearing the prophecy and it not come true. Or tired of, you know, looking for this great miracle and and actually being at an event and then when it's recap, like it's a whole different story. Like I was there, like that didn't <laughs> that didn't happen, you know. Like it, it's a mm-hmm. lot of embellishment, man. So I definitely I definitely can see that and and uh, and and you know, Holly, would you say? And and I'm pretty sure you would. I'm just kind of leading you there. But uh, kind of piggybacking off of what, what Doug is talking about, the the people that are chasing these things are people that aren't uh, uh, don't have a firm foundation when it comes to just biblical Christianity and biblical theology. They're more or less looking for something, you know, instead of opening the pages of the Bible. Is that something that you you observe as well?
3: Yeah, I would say, um, you know, it's difficult to say uh, w- what would draw different people into sure. NAR, um, but I would say that generally that it is true that um, people who are drawn in do lack um, um, real, really uh, understanding of theology, uh, how to interpret scripture soundly, according to proper rules of biblical interpretation, for sure, because the leaders routine, in this movement routinely Uh, fail to apply the principles for proper biblical interpretation and, and the people in the movement don't seem to catch that. Um, And so, so yes, that's definitely, I do think sometimes many times people are drawn to the movement. They've shared with us that, that um, they felt like they were missing something on their part. Um, Maybe being, you know, maybe appealed to um, uh, their pride or their ego or, you know, all these prophecies, uh, that they would do amazing exploits and, you know, be speaking before crowds of thousands of people and working these amazing miracles can really appeal to people who feel, especially someone who feels like they're lacking something in their own life that they really feel like they're not, you know, doing much in their own life or, you know, just have their own insecurities. And so, or people who are, um, desperate for healing, um, or desperate for the healing of a loved one. You know, all of these are different things that, that could draw somebody in.
1: No, that's, that's very true. Um, and that I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because yeah, like you said, it, it, it's a lot of different things that could, uh, people there, especially the, the latter. When you talked about people that want to see someone healed and, you know, really want that, uh, for a family member you know, and somebody's claiming that I can definitely see the draw there. <laughs> um, so Doug, man, let's talk about, uh, you know, Holly mentioned the 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 music aspect uh, and how it's kind of being the Trojan horse. Um, you know, what, what, what is, I guess your experience as far as doing the research on this book, you know, what, what are some of the things that you notice uh, with that um, the the music aspect? Because I, mm-hmm. I, I used to do like, you know uh the whole rock and roll was a devil and hip hop was, you know, this and that. I used to do that kind of stuff, you know, but this, this is seemed like it's coming from a whole different level when it comes to, the, you know, church and, 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 and people were just welcoming that stuff in. What, what, what did you uh, see doing that?
2: Well, one thing that's uh, very noteworthy is Just a statement that's made by Bill Johnson himself, who is the lead pastor and the apostle at Bethel Church in Redding, California. He says, this is a quotation from one of his writings, music bypasses all of the intellectual barriers. And when the anointing of God is on a song, people will begin to believe things they wouldn't believe through teaching. Mm. Now... What does he mean by the anointing of God on a song? Well, he means that God is specially blessed, not just the words as their song, but as they're composed as well. Mm. And uh, so he believes that, of course, Bethel music, Bethel music is the label for the music that's produced through Bethel Ministries in, at the church there in Reading. And, uh, and he's saying here that people may not believe what I tell them if I try to teach them in a very direct way because uh, their intellect will be engaged and we can circumvent the intellectual barriers he calls them by introducing the theology and the teachings through music because it's a it, it's an emotional engagement with the message and people drop their guard Uh, When they're listening to music, I recently likened this to or contrasted this with something else I do. You know, I teach at a university. I have many years of teaching experience and traveled and lectured and so forth. And people expect me, especially trained in philosophy, to have arguments for things, to be reasonable, to present evidence and so forth. And I've even done public debates at universities on questions like, does God exist? And is evil evidence that God does not exist and so forth? And people come prepared to engage intellectually. And they should be. They should be looking for evidence for the things that I say. And they should compare that with the evidence that, that someone else says from the other side. And that's how we engage intellectually, is we believe on the basis of the evidence that we have. And uh, But but Johnson is saying we can bypass all that, and that's probably risky for us, because if we try to convince people with evidence and reasons and even biblical arguments and teach them from Scripture, they're not going to believe it. Well, one reason why they're not going to believe it is because it's not there. It's not in right. the scriptures so you can bypass all that and connect people with people emotionally and uh and it's amazing to me that he will actually say this is intentional on their part they are seeking to export their theology through emotional channels that bypass the use of our minds
1: Mm, wow yeah and that 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 actually goes back to what you mentioned earlier about people that you know, say it's okay. Like, Oh, it's it's just, you know, the lyrics. But I mean, that almost to me sounds like, you know, casting a spell. I mean, I don't know if I'm, I'm all for something, but like, you know, you want to just infiltrate and, you know, get the, your words and whatever into, you know, places that wouldn't normally accept that doctrine. Um, so that is, that's, that's major. Anything you want to follow up with that Holly, before we hit the break?
3: Well, in our chapter on music, we also talk about how how Bill Johnson has said that the music is a means for exporting the theology and practices of of Bethel to churches throughout the world, and so there is a, a, a an explicit and stated agenda, mm. and so. Churches need to realize that, that when they're using the music, that even the lyrics that seem innocuous, that might even seem generally sound, there is an agenda behind them. And um, people are being drawn to Bethel and into NAR through the music.
1: Wow. Yeah, no, that's totally agree. Totally agree with you on that. So right here, we gonna take a quick break and we'll be right back. back in here uh, with my good friends. Uh, this is the side of the podcast. We kind of lighten up a little bit. We go hard on the first side. We lighten up on the back side. This is the what we call the bar signature questions. These are three questions I ask all of my guests. And so Holly, you answered these questions before, but I'm going to let you answer them again because, you know, things change, people change, whatever. Uh, Doug, this is your first time, so you're going to be under the gun. You'll go first. Doug, the first signature bar question is, what kind of music do you listen to?
2: Yeah. What kind of music? Well, I believe it or not, I enjoy country music.
1: I love it. Yeah. <laughs>
2: <I>
1: <laughs> and my it. wife hates it. <laughs> ah, That's funny. All right, Holly, what you got?
3: So I would say this time I would say country as well. That was true last time. But last what? time I... I told you grunge. And afterwards, I was kicking myself because I felt like I needed to clarify. I'm not talking about Nirvana. I was talking about like post grunge, like soft grunge, like Matchbox 20 or something like that. And so I always wanted that opportunity to clarify clarify that. But definitely country. (laughs) I've I've loved country my whole life. So
1: awesome. Well, I'm (laughs) glad we was able to bring you back to clarify, set the record straight that, uh, that different era of grunge. I love it. All right, Doug, next signature bar question is, what book or books are you currently reading?
2: Oh, what am I currently reading? Well, I read in theology, history. I read fiction. Uh, I like mystery novels. Uh, One of my favorite authors in the spy fiction genre is uh, Daniel Silva, and uh, his uh, main character is an Israeli uh, spy who uh, solves global uh problems and so uh that's that's an area i enjoy reading but i like i said i read uh, across the board um and i have a pretty large personal library so i, <laughs> I have a lot of reading to catch up on
1: <laughs> yeah hey, I, I was i was like doug is that a green screen like man they're like a, a nice office
2: back there <laughs> yeah well this is actually <laughs> a virtual screen yeah oh, okay <laughs> sorry to disappoint <laughs> If you could see what my office looks like right now, then you'd be (laughs) you'd probably say, uh, how does he even stay organized (laughs) background like that?
1: (laughs) I got you. I got you. I love it. All right. Holly, what book or books are you currently reading?
3: Well, I'm always reading lots of books by NAR uh, apostles and prophets. But I'm also um, reading Live Your Truth and Other Lies by by our friend Elisa Childers.
1: Yes. So her
3: new release, which I highly recommend.
1: Awesome. Awesome. All right. Last thing your bar question for you, Doug, is what podcasts or sermons do you listen to, if any?
2: Well, I don't uh, watch uh, YouTube much or listen to podcasts all that much because uh, so much of my time is taken with other Projects, you know, writing, research, and so forth. So I'm more of a reader than I am a listener. Um, but uh, I do enjoy listening to good, solid preaching from friends of mine. I, you know, I went to seminary, and many of my friends from seminary days are pastors of churches too around the country. And so uh, once uh, we were in the pandemic, big time, one of the things I enjoyed was just tuning in into what different ones of them, uh, whether it was in Rancho Palos Verdes out here in California or Harmony, Pennsylvania. Uh, north of Pittsburgh I enjoyed listening to my my friends preach uh, and and to just to to be encouraged by how faithful they were to opening the word of God and explaining it um, but I, I do have uh, some favorite um, pastors uh, Holly and I uh, and my wife and I were in Cleveland uh, not so long ago and Holly you'll remember the church we visited there
3: yeah Alistair Big yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah
2: he's one of my favorites Alistair yeah, big too.
1: Yep, yeah, Alice is great, man. Had him on the show. I always bring that oh, up. Good. That's good. I get a chance. <laughs> that's great. All right, Holly. Uh, podcast sermons. What you got?
3: Yeah. So I, I just—it's hard for me to find time to listen to podcasts. Sure. Uh, I, I do most reading, you know, reading books. But when I do listen to podcasts, I really like Elisa Childers. I like Natasha Crane mm-hmm. a lot. So those are those are two I really enjoy.
1: I love it. I love it. Well, listen, guys, I appreciate you. First of all, accepting my invitation to come on my show and uh, we're going to have links to the book in the show notes and uh, make sure you guys check it out. And before we get out of here, I always like to give my guests an opportunity to leave us with any words of encouragement. If you want people to follow you on the socials, leave that as well. So uh, Holly, I'll let you go first and Doug, you finish it out and then I'll get us out of here.
3: Yeah, if people uh, want to follow me, I I have a blog at hollypivic.com, H-O-L-L-Y-P-I-V-E-C. And I've been blogging there for for many years. So people can search the database of articles if they're interested in certain topics. I'm also very active on Facebook as well and, and Instagram.
2: Yeah, thank you again, uh, Dwayne, for having us on. Uh, let me encourage your your listeners to pick up a copy of the book, Counterfeit Kingdom. And if they have questions, maybe they can fire those to you, uh, or they can reach out to Holly at that blog of hers and uh, ask away. Just let us know what you're thinking about, what you think uh, about this message. And uh, I would like to end w- with the the comment uh, that scripture is our source of knowledge, our fundamental source of knowledge about things spiritual. And people that are involved in the movement, NAR, they understand that. They realize that scripture is our primary authority. They're tempted by revelations that come from new prophets and new apostles, but when they begin to read the scriptures for themselves, we've discovered that they feel the conviction of the Spirit. He uses his word to drive home the truth, and Jesus said in John 17, uh, praying for his disciples, he said, "'Father, sanctify them in truth. Your word is truth.'" This is the way to holiness. This is the way to Christ likeness is a discovery of the things of the spirit of God, the truth of the word of God in the revealed word of God. And you can't go wrong there. If you have difficulty trusting prophets today. That's acceptable. That's okay. Test it from the word. Trust the word and um, and believe that Uh, we're so encouraged when we hear from people who say, you know, being redirected to the scriptures is what really rescued my faith.
1: Mm. I love it. I love it. Great way to end it. Thank you guys again to the bar listeners. Thank you guys for tuning into the bar podcast, your favorite podcast. Make sure you tune in every Tuesday go to the barpodcast.com also hit that tab check out all the podcasts in the network and until next time you guys god bless you and we are out